Welcome to the Premier League Forever Forest podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Forever Forest podcast. Uh, I'm Freebs, back in the daddy chair. Thank you to Kieran for stepping in and all the guys. And got a fleeting glimpse of the greatest spotted Dan White who popped up last week as well, which was nice. Um, I hadn't seen him for bloody ages, so uh, it was nice to hear his tones. Um, we've got some wonderful uh, co-contributors, guests, whatever you want to call them. The team, that's what we are. Talking of teams, what a team we've got, eh? What a team. Let's talk about that in a minute and the different angles on it. First of all, let me introduce you to the people who are here. I always go in the order on the screen. So with the finest forest water bottle you've seen this side of anywhere, the other side of something, it's Holly Royal. How are you doing, love? You're on mute. Here we go. We're off. What a start. We're on fire. Go on, Holly. Try again. Brap, brap. Brilliant start. Um, yeah, I'm fantastic, mate. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, wow. We're still buzzing from Saturday. Amazing. Yeah, this is where you all tell me you're at the game and that it was wonderful and you've never seen shivers like it, whereas I was watching it half 10 at night in a flat in Hampton with the missus because we'd hidden from the result all day, but I still took my top off when we scored. Anyway, uh, second up, second in command, uh, whatever. Uh, it's Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How's things? Hi, things are good. Yeah, excellent. Did, I was about to say, did you take your top off when we scored that? <laughs> Almost, but not I've, quite. I've already called Holly Love and said that to you now. I'll get cancelled in two minutes at this rate. Uh, and thirdly, if you want to get cancelled, well, I don't want to say if that's the way to go with it. It's the triumphant return. It's not time for the wall, but uh, we still might pull it out, actually. It's Tom Head. Nice to see you, Tom. How's things, brother? Yeah, great. Um, still not being cancelled for anything yet, which is a modern-day miracle, but you push the right buttons tonight. Let's see. I was going to say, if we'd had a loss about 10-0 and we'd had Kieran on as well, we might have just gone for every way that we could have got banned off. But hey, we'll come to that in a minute. So uh, where to start, really? Well, I guess that on Saturday, uh, the champions of England came to the uh, the banks of the Trent looking for points and goals. Probably expecting some as well. I know I probably was. I thought we might have got an absolute licking. But you never know with this Forest idea and what's going to come their way. Tom, as it's been a while, I'll start with you here. What were you expecting pre-match before the... Uh, what is it, Vigo from Ghostbusters 2's Love Child come along, the uh, Targaryen up front and all that business. What were you expecting before the game? Um, I was in two minds, really, because like whilst ever the chance of you winning a football match is more than 0%, then you've got a chance and you've got a reason to turn up. But at the same time, I had sort of taught myself into, you know, downplaying the expectations. And, uh, you know, it's always a good day out on a Saturday. And it was very much that was, that was the approach going in. But... It was just like, when it was 1-0 at half-time, even though they scored just before the break, it was like, well, you know, it could have been worse. And then obviously they threw kitchen sink at it. And it's just like, it was funny that that game took place before the Lee Wood fight, right? And, you know, there's a big theme of boxing on. And if you know you're boxing, you know that really you can take a bit of a pelting for a bit. But if you've got that one punch in the locker... You can you can knock someone down. You can put someone on the canvas, and that's essentially what we did. We were on the ropes for about ten rounds, and then and then we put one on him. That were it, you know. And it's uh, it's just it's it's really good now because that's gonna that result is gonna renew my faith. The next time we've got a top four team home or away, I want to sit there and say, well, no one thought we'd get a point off City or anything off them. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just just a really good day. And you know, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but. 
Like, I'm sorry, it's almost like watching Forrest these days. You watch him through the eyes of, it's like being a child because there's like magic and wonderment and stuff and you genuinely believe that you can get them over the line now as as one fan, as one person in the stand. You think if you are joining in with everything that's happening, the chants and the Forest and Magic stuff and that, you genuinely believe that you can make a difference. It's like it's like having a season ticket to Ted Lasso's club. So yeah, it's it's really a, it's really something, isn't it? You say it's like watching it as a child. I think last time we were in the top flight, I was one, officially. (laughs) For for me, at least, and some people weren't even born. Uh, Lisa, on the boxing analogy, it's very rope-a-dope, I think, what Tom's saying. So by half-time, you know, the the fans were cheering the lads off, definitely. It was a a great reception as we come off. But um, do you know what? The weirdest thing for me as well was watching it, because I watched it on this, like, match of the the best day of the match. It wasn't quite much of a day on Sky. They didn't have the clock in the corner because he kept going to a break every now and then. So especially for the second half, I was like, what the chuff? is the minute right so first half especially i was thinking get past five minutes get past 10 that seems to be a bit of a thing with forest this season with these games where we have got a bit of a nailing is there's been an early one and then you know it's how we react to it um cooper didn't really change a lot when it went one nil and they held on for a good time wasn't it well it's quite late in that half that first goal came so um how did you feel by half time lease yeah i mean it was it was it was very much um everybody behind the ball and very defensive and and i know we uh or they laughed at us on match of the day um with their heat map um and i just thought you know what <laughs> forest have done the homework last time out against city we got absolutely trolled we were given a masterclass in manchester city football and cooper did not want that to happen again so of course you're going to go defensive um and play with gibbs white and brennan on the wings and hopefully hit them on the break and that's exactly what we did the fact that our goal had 11 you know, players touching that ball involved in that that was Fulham-esque from a couple of seasons ago um, or Swansea-esque from a couple of seasons ago. And it was it was brilliant. And yes, they deserve to be clapped off. Yes, City had quite a lot of chances. Yes, they fluffed their lines on a fair few occasions. But at the same time, we were in it. We were always in it at 1-0. One, one and um, you always felt, I think, it was one of those games where... There was so much hype pre-match that we we just expected to get trolled. Um, that there was no expectation from me. It was a free hit, and ultimately, the fact that we ended up getting the point out of it, I was chuffed to bits, and I really enjoyed the game, and I really enjoyed the atmosphere. Yeah, I was uh, I was about to say that with uh, the old. Uh... That football isn't like that, is it? You can have that one shot on goal and get a win. You could win the whole season like that. It's just statistically a. You know, it doesn't really happen that often, and B, it's not really that nice to watch after a while. You start going, what the hell? Um, Holly, when you saw the team first coming out there, did you think, I mean, theirs was strong. That was a strong City side. No two ways about it. It's not like they've gone, we had Arsenal in the week, and, you know, these are... I'm still getting a little bit pissed off with everyone constantly saying the relegation threatened Forest. Now, I know that we are, but we're not in that bottom fight as much as some of them are. We're kind of a middle-of-the-table side in lots of ways. How did you see it as a lineups come up with Holly? Were you sort of looking at it thinking... You know, we haven't got a lot of options in some areas, but it looked like Danilo was almost playing up to up, up wide and out a lot in this game. Yeah, I mean, I was really glad that Shelby came into the starting lineup, and um, you know, we had someone to kind of break up the play in the midfield because I thought that's probably where we'd lose it. But um, no, I just thought it was all going to come down to mentality. Really, it didn't really matter who we were going to put out if our heads were in the right place and we stuck to the game plan. Um, I thought we still had a chance, you know, and anything can happen in football, and um, we absolutely battled like warriors and I went in we had I think it was if we've got to 15 minutes without conceding 
we'll take that. And as it slowly racked up, got to 20, 25, and we got to 42. And even then it was like, it was, I was so disappointed for them to score, even though it was inevitable that they were going to. But um, to hold on, even that amount of time was fantastic. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just a fantastic battling performance and it just bodes so well for the future. If we've held arguably one of the best teams in the world at home, we can beat anybody at home now. The, the benchmark has now been set, I think. Um, expectations are high, so... Yeah, yeah, so with with that said, Tom, Forest next home game they will lose. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they do. Um, so when you're, I, I was saying it to the other half as well. It's about halves. This as well. In some ways, Forest at one nil in this Premier League season. I, don't, I can't remember if it's so much last year as well. It probably was a bit actually. Um, I'll take I'll take us at one nil at the minute down because I we're second half side for some reason. I don't know how. You always want to be that versus a first half side, don't you? You don't want to be a bloody, oh, we were 3-0 up and we lost it 6-3. But at half time, were you sort of going, yeah, I, I often feel like you need Cooper to get into them sometimes. It's not because they've been awful, because they did. we're doing a lot of their jobs right. Did you have a sort of a, a smile on your face in some way, thinking, hey, we're still, we're still hanging on. It is the rope of dope, we're saying. Um, yeah, well, the thing is, is like the, the City game almost like followed a bit of a pattern where... Cooper has managed to change games with his subs. So I think you could go about, oh, probably till the turn of the new year. But um, yeah, I, I think the, the one thing that stands out is like since the Bournemouth game, when he got Sam Surridge on for the last 20 minutes and he changed a couple of things in the middle. Um, and then, you know, we sort of, uh, what was the game? Who did we play? When we played Leeds and like Willie Nonto was given us an absolute nightmare. Second off, Aurier comes on sort of packs you know, they sort of pack that side of the park and there's no more threat. And again, the same thing happened with Cooper, you know, making the most of his changes, you know, switching it up at the right time. And I almost think we probably would have got something out of Fulham if we didn't have to make two changes in the first seven minutes. So I think it's almost like Cooper's second half of the season, you can almost see his evolution as a coach, right? Because he's he's reading the game a lot better than he was them first 10 games. And that's just that's the closest thing to blasphemy. You can say as a Furries fan, I think, to, to even raise a question. But just like, yeah, is, is this, I know what you're saying because it almost seems like we are a second-half team and we need a bit of a, a bollocking or something like that. But I don't think it's that. I think Cooper's just very good and very astute at like knowing how to change the game and when. And like, I think the first time I realised how good he was at that was when we played Derby at home about 14 months ago. And like first 15, 20 minutes, it was all them. Tom Lawrence nearly scores the opener. And then we, you know, immediately changes formation, sets us up different. And for the next 80 minutes, we see the game out relatively comfortable, even if it was like 2-1. So he's always had that in his locker. But to do that at this level and to let's let's just have it right. You know, it's one thing being able to think Gary O'Neill. It's another thing being able to think Jesse Marsh. But this time around, like Cooper actually at Fox. Guardiola and I know that comes with a lot of luck it comes with an heat map that's completely red in the six yard box but I'll tell you what that's called is defending like honestly I would have took that six months ago when we were shipping sixes and fives and fours so it's for me what we're seeing with Forest at the minute is is a team that's that's really adapting well to situations each time when they don't go our own way and I think a lot of that is down to Cooper sort of you know, he's, he's, he's picking things up as we go along as everyone else is. So, so yeah, that's what I think our sort of second half better than our first half is, is down to. It's the way that the gaffer's changing things up. I think there's, um, we, we said it early doors in the season on here, Tom, about how they've, 
it, you, you forget it's his first time in the Premier League. He's only had a couple of seasons with Swansea. You know, we forget all this because he's just been that bloke who turned Chris Hewton's dusty dinosaur head into somewhere else. You know what I mean? So, and I think, Lisa, there's, when Tom's saying that, my initial thought was something to do with, with what Natalie said to me during the game. She said she's bemoaning about Potter being at Chelsea and, you know, Barley Blah and he's not quite right for us and all this. And I said, I think he's quite similar to Cooper in terms of background and stuff and where he's come from. I said, but I think the difference is Cooper's after that game going, God, it's great to see City up close. He's such a fan of the game. You know what I mean? He's like going, it's great to see what they do and how they do it. Do you think there's an element with Cooper with that said that it's almost like maybe that first half is a bit of him going, ah, oh, that's what you're doing, you buggers. All right. Okay. All right. Now I've got you. Now I've got, uh, you know, uh, Sammy Amiobi coming at you. Here you go. I think he'd gone by then, Annie, but I've still got that Sammy song in my head. Sorry. Lise, um, what do you think about Cooper and the way he looks at the game? Because I, I think he's a he's grown into this season, like Tom's just said. Yeah, he really has. And and I think that that is it. That I mean, we've spoken before about um, Brennan growing into his trade and, and remembering that he is young and he's um, coming through and, and learning the premiership, as all of our players are, um, and our management team. You know, at the end of the day, Coops has managed at a level, but it's never been as a premiership manager and he is learning. And, and I agree with what Tom said, that first 10 games, it's, it was almost like we were in awe. And when we played City at City, um, that was, that was the story of our night, you know, that all of our players were in awe of who they were up against. Whereas on Saturday, no shits were given from the moment that we kicked off and we played them on a level playing field. And that was the difference. Um, and I mean, Cooper's post-match interview where he said that he has been embraced and we are all in this together from the moment he walked through the door, literally gave me goosebumps because it's true. You know, we, we, when you talk about the fact that we had Chris Hooton, that was last season. Oh shit. Yeah, it was. One of <laughs> what the, do you know what I mean? It's it's seriously yeah. that was last last season. Do you know what's weird? We I come... often think Sabri came before Cooper. I, I genuinely often think Sabri was there. It's just that mad. Um, but even even I mean, Sabri seems to have straight away gone into to Cardiff and had the Cooper effect that he has been embraced. Um, and they seem to love him. And uh, Coops for me. I just think he's proven everybody wrong um, and I love it. And, you know, I, I don't think he cares what people think. I think the football does the talking, the results do the talking and he speaks very, very well um, and he gets it. And that from the, from the moment they walked through the door in that first Moloch entire, he got it. He got what this club means to the fans and he has invested in that. And he is up there as one of our best managers ever. He's got to be. There's many a charlatan failed before that man was able to do what he did. And do you know what? It, it wasn't even like it was a bunch of misfits. Like it's, you got the Bass Street kids playing all of a sudden. He saw what it was. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a thing in the players. I'm, I'm, I feel like somebody who's got this really good chocolate that he wants to eat. And it's the goal. I'm talking about the result and all that. And I'm trying to hold it. I'm trying to be this host who goes, don't talk to me about second half just yet. We'll get there in a minute. So I'm doing all these kind of like meanderings around. And for those who can't see some awful rave moves, um, I think there is something in the squad, Holly. I, I've sent it to on the radio earlier on Melissa that there was a tweet from a Villa fan who said his kids were brought up in Bridgeford or something like that. And he took them down to the grounds, get forest autographs. And the, the forest players were, you know, you could tell the difference between my day and theirs. They said they were all in the cars for ages signing stuff. I was thinking when my mum went up to Roy Keane and got the autograph years ago, went, you are Stuart Pearce, aren't you? 
and his face went completely like red because he was just a young kid. But that Forest team, even watching him coming in on the, uh, what do they call it, uh, the thing they do on YouTube, like the Game Pass thing, is it, where they show the thing. I know it's our ground. I know they're seeing people they know on the camera the other end, but all our lot, all right, how you doing? Nice, hello. Apart from Emmanuel Dennis, who comes with fucking sunglasses on, which I must admit pissed me right off and probably proves a lot of points. But all the city lot are coming in and like, you know, the Targaryen robots going, coming in and they're all like looking a bit shifty. That it's a nice squad for us in a way, but I think they've got enough, you know, bollocks there as well if they need to, aren't they all? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they all come with a smile on the face, look like decent lads. I know what you mean. I watched that match passing for came on actually, and they're literally just look bored, don't they? They just look like they can't be asked the city players. It's just like, oh, do we have to play here? You know. Um, so yeah, it's just wonderful. For, I and mean, you watch that honestly. I was just beaming through the entirety of that video when they come back in after um, the end of the game, and they're all just, you know, congratulating each other and screaming. It's just fantastic. And you know, Cooper is the orchestrator of that, hundred um, percent. And you know, at the end of the game, A Block would just shout, "Cooper, Cooper, Cooper!" And it was just, oh, just wonderful. Um, that man is an absolute genius, and. He just bloody loves football as well. It's like, I can't remember which of the interviews it was where he was saying that he was really relishing setting up against City, like as a football football man, you know, just having that responsibility. And he absolutely relished it and he executed it to perfection. So I think we deserve him though. We, we have to remember this. We absolutely deserve it. As, as your point that you made earlier about all the absolute dross that we've had to um put up with over the years you know we've had so much karma coming our way in terms of managers so we deserve this guy and uh you know long may he reign because he gets it he totally and i love also the fact that he's always kitted out in paul smith as well so there's that little little edge as well the nottingham nod from one style icon to another one tom uh moving over to you now who is the worst player you've ever seen him play at forest live is there another tom on this call all right oh uh, never mind um the worst player I've seen at Forest. Yeah, just uh, Holly was on about the dross we've seen. I, in yeah, my mind, no, I, mean, I was thinking Neil Shipley at first, but go. No, man, there's, there's Neil Shipley's. I think he's in the the top half of players I've seen. <laughs> to be honest, um, it's just it's it's hard to come come up with it. Like it's hard to actually put a name to it and that because there's been so much. I think a personal favourite of mine was. Uh, was definitely Kyle Ebersilio, like anyone in that embargo era of 2015, 2016, because yeah. like it's not just shit players, it's shit players you couldn't spend any money on. So they're like that that bottom like iceberg level of terrible. But do you know what I mean? I'm I don't I don't want to like so I want to kind of bring it back to this season though. Like not yeah, that, that was a silly one, Tom. I apologize because realistically <laughs> it was just like we could do a thing. Do you know what I think it is more you remember when you see like Gomez and people would sign and we mm. see the signing picture and you think, God, I remember being really excited about this one or, or that one. And looking back now, we didn't know which side our bread was buttered. We were putting up with like the scraps and liking it because we were justifying it to ourselves that that's where we were, wasn't it, in a way? Like, this is dream. Yeah, definitely. So, like, something I've... Because basically last May, all my dreams came true and it made me a much less bitter person. I mean, you can go back on the, the archives of the podcast we used to be on and it was just the ramblings of a madman. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't ideal. So, I think since then, I've definitely... Um, you know, first of all, I've definitely, like, softened and... The way I look at this club now is with like, you know, love hearts in my eyes and stuff because of everything that was just mentioned about Stevie Cooper there. But um, it comes to this thing where people still slag some of the players off that we've got like right now in the squad. And I've sort of, you know, I've been doing my best this season. Like I'm not going to criticise anyone, not your 
Emmanuel Dennis's, not, you know what I mean, be, people, and I'm sorry to name names, Mr. Dennis, but like, I don't think anyone's worthy of criticism because we're all in this together. I think that's one lesson we can take from, from what's happening at the moment. Like we are all in this together and it just almost came full circle with Chris Wood getting the winner, right? Because he was getting a lot of flack. He was getting a lot right. of shit. People were really running their mouths, like saying he's probably one of the worst strikes we've ever had after after three games, is it? Right, okay, cool. And don't get me wrong, let's just have it right. Let's just have it fair. His first three games didn't go to plan. In private chats, you know, between me and, me and a couple of other people, I've said, you know what? I'm not sure if he is the best sort of player we've got, but there's people openly, you know what I mean, were taking the social media more than happy to say it at the ground, more than happy to say it in public. And that's fine because we've all got opinions. I get that. But it was just like, I don't think you can really slag any of these players off whilst we're all trying to achieve what we're trying to achieve. And that's not like me trying to muzzle anyone. Like if, if, you, if you absolutely have to say something, say something. But I would really hope that everyone gets the bigger picture of what we're in for and do you know what if Chris Wood doesn't do anything for three games and then he goes and scores a goal like that in the fourth game you've got your 15 million halfway repaid haven't you really if we stay up by a point it's it looks like a very very sort of cut price bargain so so yeah in terms of worst players I've ever seen like it's just making me think about you know people's reactions to players we've currently got in the squad and that maybe Maybe a bit of perspective is sometimes needed when when a, when a, when someone drops a five out of ten in the Premier League. Let's say. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, we've we've gone on record saying that a lot here as well, mate. It's kind of like you know, I'm going to come to you with it now, Lisa. So I don't think we've been on a pod since I sort of had a go at Brennan Johnson. I don't think we have. No, hold, I, on, uh... hold on, hold on, hold on. I've got the right <laughs> to reply with this. I've said constantly, Tom, just so you know, for the ears of it, I think Brendan is a player who works on instinct. I think if he has too long to think, I don't think he's great. I think he's better on instinct. I think that's just my opinion on it from what I've seen of him. Shot, but, but. And then the goal he scored, and Lisa's like, you see, Brendan, I went, yeah, on instinct, scored. So anyway, that was, the, that was my point on it, Lisa. But anyway. Um, what I was going to ask was about the, the thing with Wood. You know, at the end of the day, I don't think Dan will mind us divulging this on our chat. Somebody had put a rumor somewhere about Chris Wood coming, and I'd shared it with you lot. And Dan, I think, says something like, yeah, as if he's going to leave Newcastle or a third to come and play with us and whatever, you know, something like that. And it's not because it was, you know, messy coming or something like that, but it's just like, it just can't see. And then it happened, and it was a bit like, oh, and we'd have took it that way. And I, I think we often forget as fans what we wanted before it's arrived. You know what I mean? Because we've seen it a lot of times, haven't we? I was thinking of, um, who was the lad who was who Leeds had for years, and we had him up front, and he, he went very well. I think it was a lot of off the pitch stuff as well, scoring goals for fun. Um, it wasn't Bentner. I know, I know. I was thinking for Bentner. For some Mc McCormack. McCormack. Yeah, there's a lot of that that Forest have had where you've gone, oh bloody hell, that's a good one, and come in, and it's not. Now I've, I never thought that with Chris Wood, but I thought here's a man who scored a lot of goals in this Premier League for sides like you know you've got your Burnley and he's in the Newcastle. We, we never really thought it was he was a dud, did we? But at the same time, it, you know, he's getting in there and he's finding the space and it's nice to shut a few people up with stuff like that, isn't it? It really is. And he um, he took a bit of time to warm up at Burnley as well. So, you know, you can't ever judge somebody on three matches. At the end of the day, the first game against Bournemouth, he'd literally had an hour's training with them the day before. Um, you've got to kind of write that game off. But what what you didn't, what, what hasn't been recognised or acknowledged is the fact that he was drawing the defenders in that game and allowing Brennan and Gibbs White to actually have the space. Um, so it's sometimes it's not what you do with the ball, it's what you do without it. 
Um, and I know that there have been comments about him being static and um, kind of not too mobile and not not doing the job of of somebody else. You know, he's at the same work rate as Surridge or whatever. No one expected um, that. No one expected him to be anything other, did they? You know he's, that. He's a number nine, isn't he? Yeah. And that's and at the end of the day, if he's there to score goals and you're 1-0 down against the, the, the champions of the Premiership and uh, you want somebody that's going to put the ball in the back of the net, who, who better? Um, and those, you know... I spoke to somebody pre-game, uh, mentioning no names, but is presenting on Radio Nottingham right now. Um, he uh, he said, you know, he will do nothing. And I went, he will score today. Mm. I will put money on the fact that he will score today. Um, I didn't. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought we had another gambling app. Uh, Damn you know, it. Only, only bet we can afford to lose. Uh, what is it? When the fun stops, stops. But when Lisa, the fun stops, stop. That's yes. it. But unless you're Lisa, who's just throwing the dollar bills. No. It's like raining. No. It's all good that I was chuffed for him. I was really chuffed that he was the one that got the goal. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered who'd scored. I was up on my seat. Top wasn't quite off, but the scarf was around my head. Um, Warmer months are coming, Lisa. There's always plenty of time for that. (laughs) Um, Holly, the goal itself, you say all the passing in it. You know, I I was, I felt like a bit of a dick for doing this. I was watching the game bemoaning. I kept going, I just want us to have a proper fucking chance. I just want us to get the ball together a bit. You know what I mean? Because, and I'm glad Cooper said it afterwards, and I kind of want to come to post-match after this sort of section, but, you know, he's going to, you know, it's still a draw. And he sort of said it a bit like, you know, we're still drawn. You know, someone asked him about fist pumps. He said, well, that's for wins, you know, and stuff like that. I know he did a few at the side, but I still, I do like that. It, you know, it's what you said about Man City away, in at least? Going there and going, well, we're up and we'll have a go. You know, you're not expecting to win this league in the first season, but my God, we want to establish and go for it. But um, whatever the question was, Holly, question for you. Goal. Did you like it? <laughs> Lovely, wasn't it? Well, I mean, it was. We had so the chances were so few and far between, weren't they? And when Gibbs White flicked it to Brennan, and he did that lovely little shimmy pass. Now I don't actually know. I don't recall who the two Man City players were, but when he shimmied through them, left them for dead. You thought, okay, hang on here. And then I didn't even know who scored. To be honest, it just went in, and it just went absolutely apoplectic. Like. I can't remember the last time for me personally, just a feeling. It was like, wow, we've actually, we've actually scored. And then you have to have the, oh, okay, VAR. And oh, then, it, yeah. and then, you know, you're waiting for it. But it just, in my gut, I thought, no, this is going to be in. It is definitely going to be in. And it was, it was just wonderful. And then obviously the, the noise, the absolute intensity after we scored was just phenomenal. I haven't heard that kind of noise in so long. Not since what the Sheffield United semi-final. Um, it, yeah, it was really, really something special. And I mean, they're the games that you live for. You know, this is what we wanted, isn't it? These kind of games, we want to be up there and challenging with them and scoring those kind of goals. And delighted for Wood when we found out, because as Lisa says, he, he's there to put the ball in the back of the net. Doesn't matter how, tapping is a speciality, whatever it may be, you know, he's there to do a job. And that started the ball rolling now, hasn't it, for him? So um, hopefully see far more from him now. 100%. And how many swills you were you in, Tom, that when that goal went in, you thought, let's go win the bugger? Because I did. And I, even though I'd only had a cup of tea, I think I was like, win it, Reds! Come on! You know, I you think, do that. How yeah. football, how it does that to you? No, I, I think we got like a free kick like a minute or two afterwards and there was a lot of, if this goes in, if this goes in, and like, it was, I don't even think it got in the box in the end, but like, it was just, um, so obviously, as a disciple of the dear leader, like whenever Cooper speaks after the match, I, I will go and find it and listen to it, whatever he said to it, whoever he said it to. And I like, I picked something up the other day because 
after the game, he said something about how the fans stuck with the team. And let, let's be honest, it was it was an attritional game. I don't think you need a, a giggling Micah Richards pointing to his little shitty eat map to tell you that. But you know what I mean? It, it was a bit of a digging and seeing. I'll tell you now, not every fan base would stay with the team like we stayed with them. And Cooper, when he was describing that, said that he feels that the fans are educated enough to understand what the team were trying to do. I think that's a really nice thing to say about... I mean, obviously, we, we can wax lyrical all we want about each other, him and the fans, us about him. But I think that's a really nice thing to say about the fans because it was. Like, everyone else sat around, and don't get me wrong, wherever you sit in the ground, you are subject to opinions that are the exact opposite to yours yeah. ones that you can't believe but then at the same time I just like as that game the longer that game went on the more folk were like look we're gonna dig in we're gonna and you can just tell it. it's like it's it's even like we do have a collective educated understanding of what the team is trying to do because and as much as I rolled my eyes at this chant when it first started we know when to get the forest of magic thing going you know we know when to start singing that and we we really do have something special with that as as uh, maybe it's not everyone's favourite champ, but it is the only one that rings around four corners of the ground, apart from Mullock Tyre, obviously. And it is one that gets everyone involved. And I think that can have a massive effect. I think it is having a massive effect. And like I say, we've just we've just uh, we seem to have developed between us as as you know the match going public at forest just this collective understanding of right these boys need a bit of a pit milk let's let's have a little sing song and if it don't work it don't work and i never used to subscribe to that ideology that you can change a football match as a fan like i, I thought that was literally the most fanciful stuff but i think maybe we've all had our own personal experience in the last 18 months where it's like Shit, maybe maybe we can have as much of an influence on on them as they can have an influence on us. So, so yeah, it's uh, it's just I like I like that he used the word educated because it does feel like almost to a ninety nine point nine percent majority, people could watch that game for what it was. People could understand the tactics and knew that the longer it went on, the more of a chance we had. And that's what happened. And it's just just a glorious vindication of, of Cooper's tactics, really. I guess the other option, if we can't sing from there, is to create a cover of a Righteous Brothers song and get a load of people. In. I, do you know, I was about to mock myself then in our speech then, Tom, but do you know what? At the time, it's what we needed. It was unity. And do you know what? It is. And we said this about, was it? Something, it was something to do with anthropology, I think, in a sense. People saying like how humans are the only animals on the planet who don't sort of just walk past, uh, that do walk past each other in the street. You know, dogs will sniff each other's ass or cats will go, or whatever. Humans just generally pretend they're not there. So any kind of connection with other people, I'm massively for. Do you know what I mean? I, you were on about what people shout at the ground. It was Sunderland at home, I think, when Niall Quinn, it was the season I think we went up with them. I heard some bloke in the Trent end shout, I'd rather watch a dog give birth, which I've said a few times on here. And it was just like, what? You'd rather watch a dog give birth. And, so, you know, you never know what you're going to get at the city ground. Um, Lisa, what does that do for some of the players who aren't, you wouldn't say, starting a lot here? Because you'll notice Harry Toffolo is on the pitch for that goal. Uh, Nico Williams is on the pitch for that goal. Two people, if you told me at the end of last season we're going to be in our Premier League squad, I'd be more than happy with. Toffolo had a cracking season at Huddersfield last year, and Nico Williams is great. You know, they're definitely not first names on the team sheet, but do you think that helps as well? I do think it helps. And I think, you know, last season we had 
quite a big squad um, that Cooper had to manage. And then we made a few signings in the summer, uh, one or two more in January. And um, and, and the, the conversation quite rightly talks about how does Cooper manage? But he seem, he just seems to do it. I mean, the team that we've got now, when you talk about the fact that we have got players that have won stuff um, and it's incredible. You know, this is our club. Um, but everybody seems to be invested. Everybody seems to be on the same page. Uh, and that's keepable for you. You know, it's um, it's something that you... He's got a, he's he's obviously got a vision. He's obviously bought into the team and the club and, and what we want to do. And ultimately, everybody wants to stay in the premiership and push on. Um, and it's quite exciting to actually think that if we can stay in the Premier League... Um, and the more games that go by, the more comfortable I feel. Um, next season, say that. So if we win, if we win the next two, yeah, we're with. I mean, I I think it, bizarrely, I had a conversation with um, the other half yesterday. Uh, what having watched the the Leicester Man U game, mm. and I said, "Do you think Leicester will get relegated?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Do you think Forest will get relegated?" And he pushed a face, pulled a face. And I was like, we're above them in the league. <laughs> so, so how can you say no to one and yes to the other? But I think our goal difference will have to come into play at some point. It's a point, isn't it? It's definitely a minus point in a way. Yeah. But they've all got to play each other as well. Exactly. You look at the teams. My only worry, and maybe I'm trying to turn this into a question for you, Holly, is that you've got Everton with Dyche. You know, Who knows everything about our club. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, you know, you've got Southampton, you've got a former member of NSYNC. Um, you've oh, that was the best bit watching him and Natalie. She went, Who is that? Manager? I don't know who he is, love. Um, but yeah, it's there is that thing that everyone around us has gone for a bounce, but you know, with a they've gone for the bounce, you know, they've changed the manager up, and they're on about Benitez going to Leeds tonight, Amirian, which is just all sorts of snippy. Uh, but we we decided to stay with love and unity and the man we knew and the fans kept that man in that job as much as anything. I think I, I don't care if anyone knows any inside and that, and I'm wrong. It, it, you know, I've never seen anything like it at Forest where someone's Sean also, Driscoll was early on it for that. Go on. We've also still got that bounce though. That's the, that's the difference that re oh, regardless of how shit we were against Leicester. And, and that for me was the Madison show mm. in the game back in the back end of October that Forest was still behind Cooper and we have never kind of, there's only been a couple of games really where the crowd have been a little bit flat. Um, and Manu at home was was one of them um, in the first leg of the, the cup. And I think that, that, that it's all right talking about these teams having the new manager bounce. We've still got the Cooper bounce and that speaks volumes. And the points. We've already got them on the board. And, and this is one of those seasons, isn't it funny with football cliches how you use them to your advantage when you need to? You know, it's like, ah, do you know we've got a new manager? Yeah, but we've got points on the board. You know, everyone, it could be a, a cliche war in itself. Um, Holly, what do you see coming out of that that they take? What What's the big benefits of what you saw? Because, you know, I still keep hearing that thing. And I'm going to come to Tom with a real cantankerous question in a minute. Um, regarding the fact that, you know, it's a draw, it's a point on the board. And weirdly, you've got some sides like Southampton picking up three and stuff like that. And you're going, oh, bloody hell, we draw with City. And then they're winning at Chelsea and God knows what. And it's making... For me, obviously, with my household, I'm still thinking Chelsea at home should have been a win. It's really booking me. Um, but yeah, how do you do? You think overall it was a good weekend for Forest in the league picture, the wider picture? Yeah, we're still 13th at the end of the day. So I mean, initially those results were a bit like, oh, okay, could have gone better. But we just got to keep doing our business, doing our doing our thing, and um, not worry too much. I mean, 
obviously there is an element of that at the end of the day whether we stay up will be based on how the teams around us do but I think we just need to concentrate on what we can do and we've shown on Saturday what we can do I think our obviously our away form really needs to start picking up now and we need to start picking up points away and hopefully that'll start on Saturday and I really think it can because I watched West Ham last night and I don't think they have as much fight in them. I think that's the edge that we'll have on them. And hopefully we can start turning around our away form on Saturday, um, especially off the back of this, buoyed by this win. Um, win. Well, it felt like a win, didn't it? Well, um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, people are treating it like it's a part of me felt a little bit like it's a really good point. Don't get me wrong. I thought we'd lose 4-0. Well, but when, when, still when was the last time we celebrated a draw like that? We were all trying to think about this and I just I honestly couldn't think the last time you know it felt this good to actually draw with the team um and obviously Eva Skrill had the fireworks and all that kind of thing and and it was a bit mad but so what I mean I think we shouldn't take anything away from that performance on on Saturday um no. I think it's more about what we build on now I think I think that's the thing it's just such a great but it's for me like I said it was it's a bit of a watershed moment you know we've we've held arguably the best team in the world so you know we can stay up now. This has got to give us belief. The the problem is, Tom, in, in some ways, it's, it's modern life and social media in some sense. Because you, 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 I don't know. There's been times I've gone to message something or say something. I've thought, ah, oh, you're just going to get shit for that. Or you're going to blah, blah, blah. And I think I've almost been my own fun police at times. Because I've gone, look at us celebrating a draw. And then you kind of go, hold on. Let's just get this in context of what this side is and who's in this side. And how many of them are at the World Cup and key players. You know, yes, we don't want to be the one setting off fireworks because we only lost four nil and stuff like that. But as a perspective, that point, what does it, you know, as a club, do you think that there's a more you get out of it than just a point? Or is it just as Cooper said, you know, I'm same as you, I'm listening to every interview on, on the tent hooks, but is it you just go, all right, that's it. Didn't lose in that one. We showed a lot of good things. We build on them and work on the bits that weren't, you know? I don't think any football fan should have to apologise or, or sort of, dance to anyone else's tune if they feel that a result has gone their way and they want to enjoy that and they want to celebrate that. We've had a lot of that this year. I think when we beat Liverpool, it was very much a, oh yeah, well, you still bottom and you're not get through. I think I think Richard Keyes showed his colours very early this season when we beat West Ham 1-0 and he said, well, you won't get very far playing like that. Well, we got further than West Ham have currently at this stage. And I just think there has been a lot of that. And it just shows to me that there's a lot of misery out there and we know better than anyone. I mean, it, it was a miserable time being a Forest fan for very long. And now we're sort of, we're in this completely different zone where like we're absolutely lovesick with the club. And I think I can speak on behalf of everyone. And it's a wonderful feeling to have. And if that sometimes means a lot in getting Eva's grill to upset everyone again with a few fireworks because it's 1-1 at home, then I'm all for it. I'm all for this constant winding up and just everyone else must just fester in that misery because we're having the bloody time of our life. So if we did, look, if, if we want to celebrate a 1-1 draw, we'll celebrate a 1-1 draw. It's another point towards safety. It's another point towards what we're trying to achieve. But more importantly, it's the it's the yardstick of how far we've come from 6-0 at the Etihad in August to actually like managing to just about bring Pep Guardiola down to a level that Steve Cooper's at. And I don't mean that detrimentally bringing down a level. I'm just saying that like, you know what I mean? This, this is why we're, this is why the reaction was like it was, why the atmosphere after the goal was insane. Like it was that, I've got to be careful with my words because I love exaggerating, but it was very reminiscent of them last 
five or ten minutes at Wembley, just like where where the, the 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 support was nervous as hell, but it was constant and it was loud and yeah, it's just this this thing of like, oh, you shouldn't really celebrate that, you shouldn't get carried away. Piss off! I've been waiting twenty three years to get carried away with these results in the Premier League. So by all means, go back to your little whatever's going off at your little club where. You know, the sight of someone else's joy is upsetting you a bit. That's fine. You do that. I'm going to go and have a few lagers. That's how it works. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad it works that way. Sorry, sorry if you're not a Forest fan. <laughs> I asked you that on purpose. I thought I'd get that from you, which I'm quite glad I did. And do you know what? I think it's it really sort of made me think when you said it. You might, sometimes it's nice. What is it? Absence makes the heart grow fonder and you really appreciate what you've got. And having a bit of time away from the Premier League and you're not always playing the big guns and always coming middle of the table, it's good for your soul, you know, and it's good for what it does. I just didn't need 23 years of it. That's all. I could have just, I could have done with five, maybe. I think some of these clubs, I hear belly aching and all their fans in, I am not being stereotypical with this, but let's say the Middle East or wherever it might be, and they're all having an opinion on it or that some bloke from the Cameroon having a go the other day about some. I'm thinking, hey, you know, keep your nose to yourself with what you're doing. If, if our little rebel club bother you that much, you know, look at the two stars. We've seen where we've been. It's a history it's built on. We're going in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. And actually, I'm going to get on my soapbox for this now because part of me at one point was getting a bit annoyed with all the, the city ground atmosphere and all that. We've known that years. It's kind of like been our secret. We've all known it. We've all known. What, we also know what buggers we can be when things are really, you know, especially social media. I'm not going to pretend that we're always like, oh, yeah, bloody great Forest fans. But this season has made me think more than ever about that special place Forest hold. And I think we're a throwback. There's not many clubs. I was talking with somebody about how, how, why would you support Man United if you're from London? There's so many teams in that city. You must have been born near one of the buggers, right? You don't support Forest really, unless you've got, you know, your family like mine moved from Nottingham to Skeg or, you know, you're near it. It's just not normal. And we're going to look to do a documentary on that in the future about fans being abroad and why you would support Forest. But, we are a throwback because we've got that thing where you go every week with someone near you normally. It's not like because someone's got a ticket when they've come to London and they're going to go and see Arsenal as well as Phantom of the Opera, as I have to always go on about. You know, the sound of us, we are the sound of the past in lots of ways. We're the sound of rattles and the smell of beef pies and, you know, a different time in so many ways, but also with a progression of wonderful social media when we're not playing Wolves and getting it wrong the first time. Yeah, at least it's face. Uh, do you know what I mean? But it's, it is, and, and I know it's my club and I'm going to be, that way but I think I'm a fair man and I think I look at it and go do you know what they're just fucking jealous and I'm sorry to put it that way that's all it is they just want to be part of the party you're more than welcome I said to Natalie on Saturday if Potter's annoying you you've been to Wembley with us you know where we are we're by the Trent if you need us or we're up in your face in London town I don't know where there's a question there but Lisa um yeah the rebel club mentality and West Ham if you can turn either of those into a question for me I'm just going to go and wipe a tear from the eye <laughs> well, the rebel club mentality. I mean, that the, I must ad, I must admit, City fans on Saturday were up there with some of the best that I've been at the at the City Round this season. Um, the banter that was going between the two with Champions of Europe and you, you weren't even born and you won't be alive and the rest of it was just really good fun. Um, so fair play to them for that. And um, you know, we we do harp on about the fact that. Uh, we are the 12th man and we were last season we got them over the line that last 10 minutes at Wembley was just crazy and I agree with Tom on that that's you know Saturday and I think it's been like it all season when we've got kind of close enough to know that the points or a point are within our grasp we 
we're at the age where we we can kind of understand that the more points we get on the board, the better chance we have of still being playing with the big boys next season. Um, and the sooner that certain members of the media get on board with the fact that we are with the big boys and, you know, we are competing, um, the better. Because actually, if Forest do maintain the Premiership status, Premier League status, and continue to build with the fantastic backing that we have from Mr Maranakis, um, the world is actually our oyster because it's quite scary to think where we could be if you think about where we were 18 months ago. Um, and that's a sobering thought. Um, and the, the scary thing is I've always had a bit of a soft spot for West Ham. Um, and I, I, I well, you're a gangster. I know you said you didn't I'm a gangster. You in the it, back it, of the it actually goes back to that, that FA Cup semi-final where poor old Tony Gale got sent off for oh, very little. <laughs> Over. Move on. No sentiment. Here we go. Um, and blowing bubbles on Saturday will be good fun. I'm really looking forward to going to the game. Um, the stadium's meant to be fantastic. Um, and our little pocket of fans are going to outchamp theirs, aren't they? I, I've been there with work a couple of times. I, I just don't think it's a football stadium. I saw Guns N' Roses there once, and I was more like, I, for me, yeah, I'd rather have City Ground all day. Holly, are you going on Saturday? What do you think the score's going to be? And will David Moyes be looking for a new job come Monday? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I'm going for another shit ass 1-0 away win. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. My dad was a West Ham fan. Um, I went to, uh, well, I don't want to call it the bowling. I just don't understand calling no, it the bowling. No, please bowling. don't. That's some um, shit that they pulled on the last season to try and make it sound special. You remember the old milk shit used to go down, the old bowling. It was Upton Park. <laughs> Fuck off. No, not having it. Um, and I thought the, the atmosphere was absolutely fantastic there. And I went a few seasons ago. I just got a ticket in the home end. And yeah, it's just completely wrecked their atmosphere well at that point i don't know whether it's got any better uh but yeah really looking forward to it and yeah I, i'm going for a one nil away win to the reds lovely uh tom have you been to the uh what did it's an alan partridge episode where he's on about some bloke who comes on he's played that guy out of snatch and he's like yeah that proper like gazer or brick whatever he's called and he goes and when he climbed out of the maggot ridden cesspit that was the east end of london and I've ever, for ever since, I've known it as the maggot-ridden cesspit. Um, are you going on Saturday, Tom? Are you watching from afar? Are you scared of them hammers or what? Um, first of all, that was a sensational Alan Bartridge. That was sad. I don't think I want to let that one go unnoticed. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I am actually going. It's uh, it's uh, one, because this say this season for me has been about ticking like, new grounds off and that. And uh, not been able to get to everyone, but, you know, West Ham will be another one of them. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I don't want to oh, hate, like, doing predictions before the game and that because that's the first step towards, like, disappointing yourself and that if you go too far one way or the other. Um, but I do think one thing I have been saying, and maybe this will be enough to bite me on the arse, but one thing I've been saying is that David Moyes has already had that uh, win your next game or you're sacked. And I don't know many managers who get that twice in one season and come through it. It's like saving a match, a tennis match from like break point twice, which is, you know, it can be done, but like it's kind of uh, what's happening with Moyes at the minute reminds me of when Psycho was in charge and he got that, that win at Derby that gave him a bit of a stay of execution. And then 
that game against Millwall came around a few weeks later, it's like, oh, he needs to win this one or he's gone. And then you can't do it. Like, you can't live on that look for a long time. And I know that the knives are very much out for Mr Moyes at the moment. So I'm hoping we can capitalise on that. I really hope, you know what I mean, if we keep it tight first off and we go out nil-nil and, you know, Cooper makes the changes we know that he can make and he's gets it as 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 right as he has done in the last few weeks, then we really do set ourselves up nicely. But um I'll have to stop short of predicting anything, I'm afraid. I know that's like the most boring thing. That's like it's that's like, that's like if Keir Starmer did football predictions. So we all know I you apologize. But I, I think look, the, the way I'll put it is I think the conditions are ripe for Forrest to go and get something in a big game. But do you know what? If it's 85 minutes on the board and it's still 0-0, 1-1, a point's not the end of the world. We've got to be pragmatic. We know that if we lose that game, we're, we're dragged right back into it, which is, I don't mind people calling Forrest relegation threatened. It keeps us honest. It keeps us focused on the task. I, I hope we're relegation threatened until it's mathematically impossible, really, when you think about it. Because I don't think... Six points above the relegation zone means you're safe at this point. Five definitely doesn't. And I think we've got to be pragmatic. If, we, if we're in a game that away from home and one slip-up could really drag us back into it, let's, you know, let's let's play pragmatically. We know we can play pragmatic after, after Saturday. So let's play to the situation and hopefully the, the ground will be fertile enough for Forest to take advantage of what's happening there. And maybe we can get something, but we will have to see. Lovely. So uh, Tom's going for a 2 0 win for us. Oh, yeah, no, no. Like 2 0 first off. Unless you're Lisa, who's got a bookie going underneath, you know what I mean? It's all that business. Uh, Lisa, I think you're coming. You said on the radio, do you, you think we'll draw, don't you? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think, I do think we'll draw. I think it'll be 1 1. But I would also like to think that if we get the first goal, um, they are going to be under so much pressure, uh, which actually gives us a lot of freedom. Um, and it's another it's another one of those games that is kind of a because of the point on Saturday, it is a bit more of a free hit. Um, I've said all along that I think we need four points out of our next two matches. Um, and Everton is a little bit more of a slippery one simply because of the the diet effect um and the fact that he has got Stoney and Woney on the sideline against uh, with him. Um, and he has watched pretty much every game that we've played this season so he will know how we will set up and he will know how we're going to play um so for me Saturday is not a must win it's a must it, it's a must not lose yeah I think so because uh, again like I said they're all playing each other I've seen uh, we do that classic thing as well don't we as well where we we don't see the other side sometimes I watch you I normally watch Forest. I don't watch a game as well as I think I probably should do but when you start looking at it from the other end and you're sort of going, bloody hell, that's a wall for Man City are against. It's a bloody wall here, you know? But you look at Palace fans, they're nervous. They're nervous. They're going to get dragged in. West Ham fans... Palace fans should be nervous. Chelsea fans should be nervous because they're only six points above us. And well, they've spent a hell of a lot more money than we have. Lisa, I know you've been messaging her on and off about various things, but Natalie's listening to this at some point. You'll be going... She said that to me the other day. She went, Do you know what? I think they deserve to get relegated. And bloody, I went, you're never getting bloody relegated. It's Chelsea. They'll be fine. So I'd I, say do, that. I, do, I do like that, that Palace have been mentioned, though, because 
They really, they, there's always that one team that like looks safe and secure, and then they sort of run out of steam second half of the season, and they've dropped some silly points, like like on Saturday, like letting that goal in last minute. That's another two points dropped, and if results go against them, they can actually, I think they can drop two. I'm not sure if it's two or three places, but if if results go a certain way on the weekend, make no mistake, Palace are right in that, and. I think they will struggle because they've they've been on a really sort of rubbish run of home since October, since before the World Cup. Since so those, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm really I'm really glad they've been mentioned as as like because that's also good for us to look up the table and think who can we catch, and that's how that's the all being well. That's the mentality we can shift to in the next few games. But like you say, just tasking and one game at a time, etc. Yeah, we're currently. Uh... Oh my God, I did. So, all right, you're right there, Tom. So last time I looked at the league, there was that bit of a, a cushion to Palace in a way. They were the ones trying catching up. We were a point behind them. Yeah. Uh, they're only one point ahead of us now. So yeah, a win for us now would, you know, I know it's, it, it, you always do that and had the legal move, but Villa have lost three in a row. Chelsea are three draws and a loss. Can't believe I'm having this conversation, to be fair. Uh, Brentford are on foot. Then from there, you're looking a bit more form with it. So with that said, I haven't been on the pod for a while with all of you, Holly. It's that time of the season where I say to you once again, on current form, and now it's all looking. Where are you putting Forest to finish this season? What a horrible question. Holly, who's going first? Is that me? Yeah, sorry. sorry. Yeah, I, um, I can't remember what I said last time. No idea whether I said, did I say, I might have said 17th, but I'm feeling more optimistic. Oh, what are you going for? I'm going to go for 15th. I predicted 10th at the start of the season, which, <laughs> and I said, win the League Cup and come 10th. Do you know what? I'll take a semi-final and 12th. I don't think that's a million miles yeah. off. Lisa, what about you? Where are Forest finishing the season as it stands? No, I think we will get enough points to finish 14th, which is where I, th- I think I said we would finish it initially. You, you, you never don't let us forget any of these, do you, Lisa? I've got a clue. <laughs> I've got a clue what I said. No, but Lisa Fox never lets you forget when she's got a prediction, right? Um, and finally, Tom, as I say, it's been a while, so some of it you probably uh, you can come back whenever you've got things to get off your chest. You're always more than welcome. Uh, and I know you don't like making your predictions with it, but do you keep it as simple as Forest are safe? What do you foresee in your crystal ball for them tricky trees of Nottingham towards the end of the season? Well, I've got so many splinters in my arse from the last question. I don't think I can do that again. So um, I've got in my head, I've got my own targets. I think four more wins keeps us up in a couple of draws in the process. I'm looking at the own games we've got coming up. Everton still to come here, Southampton hopefully Newcastle continue this sort of wobble they're on because I think that's a team we can pick points up against. And uh, I think, yeah, four more wins keeps us up. Pick a couple of draws up here and there. Um, If I was to give you a position, I'd say, look, it's a tough league. There's some great teams still, you know, below us. Like Leicester is still below us. And if Madison's on form, they've, they've been, you know what I mean? They've been picking up points here and there and then dropping some stupid ones. But if they get, a few wins together, they'll be right out of it. So I'll say, I'll, I'll go one lower than what we are now. I'd say 14th place finish, some ups and downs, but hopefully home form just gets over the line. But that's not a that's not a commitment. That's just a, a yeah, that's just a, yeah. just something. And then ne- next yeah. season, we go for that European Cup finishing run and all that kind of business, yeah? So as I said to someone today, Tom, it's all about when a lion's chasing you, just be quicker than one person. This season, we're looking for three that come below. And, you know, before Saturday, I'd have gone Southampton and buggered. Then they win at Chelsea. I still, so, think, I still think they are, yeah. Like, it's... I, I don't know. I mean, if, if Ward-Prowse doesn't 
drop a nine out of ten game, they don't win. And don't get me wrong, he's a great player, but you can't do that every week. It's, it's very, very unfair to to yeah. ask a man to drag Southampton to safety by himself. It's it's cruel, really. I think some yeah. sort of North Korean punishment by its sounds of it. But yeah, no, I think I think they're still in trouble. I think Bournemouth got a good result, but can't really look past them. It comes down to the quality of the gaffers, I think, as well. And um, I think, you know, like Leeds having a caretaker in charge, I don't think that's going to end well for them, personally. Um, Bournemouth and Gary O'Neill, like, probably doing better than people thought, but by what? By by the skin of the teeth. And, yeah, the, the, there's, there's a few below us, probably in a worse position than us, uh, in terms of, you know, season running and, and what's happening at the moment. So that's going to keep me optimistic, but I'm also staying extremely cautious. But if we do guarantee safety, don't worry, all this caution is going to be thrown <laughs> to the strongest gale you can find because <laughs> I know, no one will be more satisfied than me if we pull this off. And yeah. Maybe that's quite a grandiose, almost like a Liverpool fan style way of making myself more important than other people. But I just think like I'm sort of, you know, I'm really involved in this. Everyone's really involved in this. And I think if we can just shut people up this season, just do it this season, you know? If we can just put people in their place who wrote us off, who said Cooper would be the first gaffer to go with all them signings, if we can look back and laugh at that, I will be the smuggest, happiest person in the world. And and that's that's all I'm asking for. 17th place is all I'm asking for. So I think we'd all... Not- too bad. Bite your hand off, pal. And I think that it's also my when the first time you've been to a ground or something, you've had a look around and then you don't go back again and you think, oh, that's shit, I should have looked at. That's what this league's felt like this season. It's been the getting used to the idiot fans from other clubs. It's been getting used to the tempo of the game, silly things like that. I want to know we're safe that I can go. I can look forward to another one of them seasons and edge into it now. Do you know what I mean? I know it's there. Not that we just popped up out the ground like a ground dog and, you know, a, a gopher and someone twatted us and we're gone. Again, for God knows how long into that abyss of the uh, the lower leagues, as it were. Um, I'm going to have to wrap it up because everyone's got things to do and go and do and uh, cans to open and all the various things. What, it's a Monday night? What am I on about? Uh, I'm just looking at Tom and it always just makes me think of drinking for some reason because every time I've seen him, that's what's been going on. Come on, mate. Cans on a Monday night. I'm not Jay-Z. What the hell is going on? That's be a fine thing, Doc. There's not many stories, but they're all a little bit rough. I like them. Uh, but Tom, thank you so much for coming back, sir. And I hope you'll come and see us again before the season's out. Um, oh, no bother, leave it with me. Yeah, we'll give you 48 hours notice or three yeah. weeks. Don't worry. Yeah, ideally, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll get you on. If, if we're if we're happy, it gets to the point where we're mathematically safe. You're coming on and you're having the top off and you're just going to give us absolute full bollocks to Richard Keyes and all his mates, all right? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think that's uh, that's the least I can do. So, Thank yeah. You've got a res on <laughs> uh, Lisa and Holly as always a pleasure I will hopefully see you next week as well we've got some special guests coming up I think and we Lisa is it next week the week after or we organise this or is this we're Richard gonna Keyes sort, is coming on isn't he sort over the, Richard Keyes yeah we're going to get him on <laughs> um, and Gary Lineker I think do you know what we've got to, you, if anyone's got a connection to Richard Keyes and don't say it's amazing if Forrest who's been on the cans me um, if anyone's got a connection to Richard and he'd like to come on our podcast if we stay up and can go tet to tet head to head as it were keys and head together i think it would make for some of the finest podcasting ever produced consider this my 48 hour notice i'll be there yeah, i could i just want you and richard keys with your tops off <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be bad mate because like british libel laws are terrible thing and <laughs> 
I don't think you could record it. I think we'd have to do like a live stream and hope that no one like clips it. Like that'd probably be probably oh. be the, the I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking, you know, he's got Qatari money behind him, so his lawyers could probably do a number. You've got Maranakis behind you, son. You've got Maranakis behind you. You'll always I think I think me and me and me and the big man are all right. You know, I always sort of paid my dues when I was upset with the owner the ownership in his cronies, let's say, but I always paid my dues to Mr. Maranakis. So hopefully, hopefully I'm not on any sort of blacklist anymore. I would I would hope not. But uh yeah, it's uh I'm sure we can all unite together against the common scourge of hairy handitis and really sort of giving some. So so yeah, if you guys get that organized, I'll be there. Hey Tom, if we can get Mark Crosley opening a song for us singing, we can get you Rentos and uh, Richard Keys on the same pod. That would be absolutely amazing. Anyway, Lisa, Holly, Tom, thanks for joining us. They're never going to get us to do anything official after I've said that. Uh you Reds and I'll see you next time. Hey!